When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Cognitive impairment. That's the nothing personal word of the day. It is Friday, August 4th, 2023. And Anthony Rizzo of the New York Yankees has cognitive impairment. I want to give you a caveat before I enter into this first subject today. Final show of the week. I feel for Anthony Rizzo. When you get hit in the head, when you have a concussion, when you're not playing well, when you lose your power, you lose your average, when you believe that you can do something on the field that you can no longer do, your mind thinks you can do it, but your body can't, you are searching for answers. So many times we've sent players to the eye doctor. Hey, can you see the ball? Go get an MRI. What's going on? Your velocity dropped. Tell me why you're running slower from first to third. Is there something going on with your knee? Anthony Rizzo is in the middle of a story of two full seasons. Starting opening day through May 28th, he played 53 games. He was batting over 300. He was hitting home runs hitting in the middle of the lineup, all's well in the world. From May 28th until today, one home run, hitting below the Mendoza line, 172. Totally different player. It was just a couple years ago that Anthony Rizzo was jettisoned by the Chicago Cubs right after Theo bailed. Remember those Cubs who won the 2016 World Series and Jed Hoyer said, we offered them contracts, they didn't accept them, now we're trading them. The Yankees take Rizzo, and he becomes a fixture in their lineup. Then on May 28th, playing first base, Fernando Tatis on first base, comes back on a pickoff throw and doesn't slide back into first base, steps into first base, and Rizzo, where the ball was, had to lean down, and his head hit Tatis's knee. On that day, they do concussion protocol, Rizzo passes, and the rule is if you pass concussion protocol, the rest is up to the player. Once the protocol has been passed, it is no longer the responsibility of the league or the team to look at that player again. It is totally up to the player to say, I don't feel right, there's something going on. But the team is still involved. And what's not being discussed in this process enough in this story of Anthony Rizzo months later being put on the injured list for cognitive impairment and post-concussion syndrome is what were the Yankees looking at? When we watch games from the box, we are looking at it differently. We're looking to see if the players are doing in a certain situation that which they are supposed to be doing. Are they in the right place on the field given the batter, given the count, given the situation? Are they aware when they're at the plate of what the pitcher has, 
what the pitcher's tendencies are when we've told them on a 2-2 count, it's going to be a slider away to you. Why were you sitting fastball? We are looking to make sure that the players are executing the game plan. Then we will understand the variables that exist that you don't control. A sharply hit ground ball that happens to be five inches away from a two-run single and is a double play ball ripping a line drive and it just so happens to be the defensive player had him played well and it's a f7 all of that is being watched is it possible that the yankees were watching anthony rizzo since may 28th and said yeah it doesn't it's not great very very bad it's so bad or when you're living with a player every single day maybe there's a concussion and i'm not a doctor So I want to be very clear. This is not me giving you a medical opinion. Maybe when you have a concussion, there are certain types of concussions that only manifest themselves with the loss of power and the inability to hit for average. Maybe the player is so good at hiding the fact that he's slower, that there are certain signs that there's something going on that everyone around misses them. I'm suspect of this because you're with the players so much in the clubhouse. There's a full training staff. There's the manager, there's the coaches, there's the front office, there's the clubhouse people, there's the teammates. Everybody's together all day, every day. There's a few off days, but not many. Was Anthony Rizzo, was he sleeping more? Was he napping more? Was he different on the team plane? Could he not focus on playing cards on the plane? Was he going into the nap room in the clubhouse more than he used to? Was he not remembering the game plan from pregame to his first at bat? Was he saying to the hitting coach, wait, who's that guy again pitching? Anthony, you faced him for 47 at bats in your career. Oh, sorry, that's right, I remember. There are myriad things that go on during the course of a day and a week and a month. Forget two months. But there are so many opportunities to see if something's going on. And when that fails, how about paying attention when the player says, you know, I'm feeling a little foggy. Anthony Rizzo actually said to the Yankees, I'm feeling foggy. And that was the end of the Baltimore series. Do you remember when he took the, what, oh, Coca, this would have been good to have right for the show. If you can give me the name of it, we can cut right to it. It's not the golden sombrero. Is it like the platinum sombrero? There is a word for when you get five strikeouts in a game. It doesn't happen too often at all. But Rizzo goes 0 for 5, 5 Ks, complains of fogginess, and the Yankees said, all right, you're in the lineup against the Rays. Plays against the Rays for two games. Then the Yankees say, hmm, maybe we'll now take a look. Anthony Rizzo said, you wake up some days feeling not very good. Some days you feel better. That's kind of normal throughout the year. It was more walking back and saying, man, I don't understand how I missed that pitch. I would swing at a pitch middle away, and I thought it was three feet off the plate. Things that really started making me concerned. It is the platinum sombrero. I can't believe I got that totally right that way. Thank you, Coca. And it's also called the Olympic rings. That's funny. I guess there are five Olympic rings, five strikeouts. What's that hockey, um, the, the golf player who has the, uh, is it Fowler? 
that has the uh, the Olympic rings tattooed on the inside of his bicep, the platinum sombrero. So what Rizzo is saying in his quote is also indicative of age. It could be indicative of inability to perform at the level that you're used to, inability of your body to do what your mind wants, all the things that we started the show with. But he never said he was foggy until a couple days ago. Anthony Rizzo is now relieved in the same way that when a player is not performing and we were able to diagnose an injury, let's go back to les yeux, go back to the eyes. When you get to say to a player, hey, you know, you need corrective lenses, the player gets to say, ah, no wonder I couldn't hit. No wonder I couldn't throw strikes. Hey, you know, you've got a meniscus problem. Ah, I told you I couldn't plant properly with my leg. It really is a bunch of horse hockey. What's gonna happen now? What's gonna happen is that Anthony Rizzo is not gonna play for an extended period of time because Major League Baseball is going to get involved. Can you picture in the NFL if a player got hit in week three, goes into the tent, comes out of the tent, takes a little smelling salts, Everyone says, hey, you're okay, he's okay. Independent doctor, he's fine, get him in there. Goes in there and then he stinks for eight to 10 weeks. And then they look at him and say, ah, sorry, we got that wrong. You've got a concussion. People would be up in arms. Lawsuits would be filed everywhere. Baseball doesn't suffer from that. Basketball doesn't suffer from that. It's a straight football issue and baseball wants no part of that. The reason why you've got strict concussion protocols in baseball is that as an industry, we don't want a lawsuit. They, that's another dollar fine. They don't want a lawsuit. I'm doing that way less frequently. When I first started Nothing Personal, for those of for the 88% new to the show, I would say we all the time talking about baseball, talking about the industry, talking about the Marlins. And I had a fine jar where I'd put a dollar in and then would do something with the money, like buy candy at the end of the year. So I just said we again, but I'm not, I'm not doing it that often. They don't want any issues. They don't want players coming back to them. This is about retired players coming back and asking for money out of the pension fund, asking for money out of the existing player fund for retired players who are claiming some sort of workers comp injury long-term health issues. That was what's happening in football. All these players who had concussions, all of them wanted money. They got the concussion settlement. Then we did those shows about how they were distributing the concussion settlement. Baseball doesn't want it. It is a nightmare for them that there could be a player who passes a concussion protocol on a Monday and then two months later fails concussion protocol. It would have been way better to cover up and send Anthony Rizzo to the IL for a blister or for hip inflammation and have Anthony Rizzo be able to say, well, that, that would explain it. My body's been hurting a little bit. I think I just got to get at rest because I'm not playing the way I know I'm capable of playing. For it to be public and for it to be real that the reason is a concussion-related issue, that's going to be a problem. How will baseball fix that. Is it realistic for any sport when a player passes protocol 
for that player to then be on a continuous monitoring if that player's stats are not good. Does that make sense to anybody? You are opening yourself up to so many problems if you are making this stat-driven. If Anthony Rizzo had eight home runs since August, since uh, um, May 28th, excuse me, if he were hitting 272 instead of 190, you'd have to believe that none of this would have surfaced. In football, when a player passes concussion protocol, they get to go play, they get hit again, they go back into the concussion protocol, they get re-examined. Coca reminded me of a player in 09. Remember Brian Westbrook? He had the concussion in a Monday night game. They only sat him two weeks, he came back, got hit, missed another five weeks. The big difference there is Coca, he got diagnosed with a concussion. Rizzo passed baseball's protocols. So baseball's gotta look at the protocols, make sure they work, and then figure out how they do any sort of continuous monitoring. This story is far from over. The other story that is far from over going on with the Yankees, because there's gonna be digging, is the Domingo Herman story that we started with yesterday, or we talked about yesterday, him being on the restricted list. Well, wouldn't you know it, I did some non-journalistic lack of integrity. That's a double negative, which means it was positive. Journalistic lack of integrity, where I said, don't be surprised if there's an investigation by baseball. Don't be surprised given Herman's past as a violator of the domestic violence policy. If they investigate again, and there's another issue. Well, words started leaking out yesterday. Andy Martino gave us a lot of information about the Domingo Herman suspension. Apparently, Herman came into the clubhouse drunk, belligerent, started smashing TVs, going after players, people, things. They shoved him in the sauna to have him sweat out his alcohol. And then they sent him home. That's called a Tuesday. Now, granted, I haven't seen players come in drunk and smash TVs, but I've seen players come in drunk. There's been a lot of people coming into the clubhouse drunk. It's a long season. They don't get violent, they get tired. Players going into the sauna the morning of an afternoon game, it's just a Tuesday. So what exactly happened with the Yankees? They're trying to tell us that on Tuesday, Herman grew belligerent while in the clubhouse, according to Andy Martino. No words of an altercation with the teammate or other individuals, but he was under the influence of alcohol and did not appear in control of his emotions. What does that mean? Do you have to be me? Stoic, robotic, wiry? If you come in crying, does that mean you're not in control of your emotions or you're exhibiting your emotions? Come in angry because your team isn't performing, you're not performing, you're feeling badly, you're hurt? Or is it when people are drunk and they're not in control of their emotions and they get angry and they start yelling at their significant other or yelling at their teammates? But it didn't involve their teammates. Then Andy said, Martino, 
Several Yankees, including Cashman, Boone, and Garrett Cole, were visibly shaken when asked about Herman on Wednesday. What does that mean? Booney has seen it all. Cashman, Cole, these are veterans. Did something happen so egregious? So out of the ordinary? That they were visibly shaken a day later? You want to have emotions, you want to be visibly shaken a day later after one of your teammates dies? I get that. After one of your teammates gets hit in the face by a pitch? I get that. Coming in drunk to the clubhouse? I do not get that. We're going to find out more. This story is not done, Coca. They're trying to finish it, and I continue to tell you that the Yankees would like to tourniquet this story, as I told you yesterday, but there's going to be more digging here. What they do with Herman, how long he actually will end up on the restricted list, whether it will go past this season. Meanwhile, if I'm the New York Yankees and I'm Hal Steinbrenner, I'm speaking to anyone who will listen to me. I'm speaking to my advisors, speaking to my kids, anybody, and trying to figure out what in the name of Christmas is going on with the Yankees. Why the lack of performance? Why all of these things that keep happening now add two more? You got Rizzo's situation, you have Herman's situation. Cashman did two things in the last few years that he had never done before. One, fired a coach midseason. That was this year. Two, got rid of the entire training staff, thinking that would help with injuries when the Yankees were suffering from injuries, when in fact it was age and overpayment. That was the issue. At what point is Hal Steinbrenner going to say that he needs new leadership with the Yankees? Do I have a way to see that's official that if the Yankees don't make the playoffs, Boone and Cashman won't be back? I'm almost positive I do, Coca. And I'm going to stick to that. I have to. It's a wait to see. The way I'm going to stick to it. I'm not going to renew it because it's still out there. If the Yankees miss the playoffs, I think Hal Steinbrenner has run out of patience. He's run out of excuses. He's run out of opportunities to take the microphone at the end of the season and say, I believe in my guys. We've got the right people in place. Nope, not anymore. We'll see what happens. What do you do when your owner believes in things that you don't? How many times have we talked about Gail Benson? Remember that name? The owner who was, in my opinion, financing the cover-up that was existing in the Catholic Church? been articles about it. You can Google it. We are now in a presidential cycle and we are in a country that is divided in a way that many people could correctly argue has existed for hundreds of years since the presidency, since the first presidential election. You had divisions. Easier to manifest those divisions now with communication technology. Easier for everyone to have a platform. Divisions within a party also common. Right now, you've got DeSantis and Trump going after each other, trying to figure out what's going to happen. Trump with the lead. You've got Biden, Kennedy Jr. This is not a political conversation. This is a conversation about what you do 
when you've got beliefs that are different than other people in your family or other people in your workplace, other people in your industry. And my firm view on this is that everybody is entitled to support any candidate they want. That was one of our main themes, just vote. You wanna vote for Trump, vote for Trump. You wanna vote for Biden, vote for Biden, but don't sit it out. I feel the same way about political contributions. Support whoever you want. I may disagree with you, but you have every right to do it. I would be very much in favor of campaign finance reform. I would very much be in favor of the federal government funding all campaigns. So there's no fundraising at all. There's no political action committees. There's no individual donations. Everybody gets the same amount. That's one way to deal with the incumbent issue. Term limits is the easiest way. The Orlando Magic donated money to Ron DeSantis. It was a $50,000 donation. The Orlando Magic did it to a PAC. The Orlando Magic are owned by a family that is very well known for who they support. And that is their right. What I don't appreciate is that the NBA and their players and people around the country are criticizing the contribution made by the Magic. I am of the belief that no team should make a contribution, but I am also of the belief that when a team makes a contribution, in no way is that anybody getting confused that it's the players. If you work for your company, let's say you work for a big company like Amazon and Amazon makes a political contribution to a candidate, does anyone think that people in the package facility, that that represents or reflects their beliefs? When you saw that the Magic donated $50,000 to Ron DeSantis' campaign, did you immediately say, oh, it's the Magic players who did it? Of course you didn't. If the Magic players were making a donation, they'd make a donation. Do you think players go to the front office and say, hey, I got a quick question. I'd like to give a little, a little money here to the DeSantis campaign. Would you mind doing that for us? It's laughable. No player would do it. No front office would accept it. No owner would accept it. The rules of political donations, there are limits to who can give what, when, how, what entity. PACs are basically invented in order for people to give more than the dollar to $500 maximums that you can give. But the players have gone crazy. They released an entire statement. NBA governors, players, and personnel have the right to express their political views. Thank you. However, if contributions are made on behalf of an entire team using money earned through the labor of its employees, it is incumbent upon the team governors to consider the diverse values and perspectives 
of staff and players. No, it's not. Everybody who owns a business is making or losing money based on the employees and the work they're doing. I have an idea. If I am the owner of a team and my team loses money, I wanna be able to go to the players or go to the head of marketing and say, hi, we didn't make money this year. We really had a problem. We didn't have as much tenants as we thought. And the regional sports networks all went bankrupt. Would you be so kind as to not take your paycheck for the next three months? There are companies who go to contract employees during COVID and said, will you take a pay cut? That's voluntary. You cannot force someone under contract to take a pay cut under any scenario. In your company, let's say you have 10 employees and you work for a small company, 10 to 50 employees. And the owner of your company is a person who has a political view that is totally opposite than yours. That company buys a table to an event, goes to see a concert with someone who is controversial, walks into a Mel Gibson movie. Does that reflect you? Do you remember when TV networks used to say at the end of opinion shows, the views expressed in this show do not necessarily reflect the views of CBS Broadcasting or of NBC. Like there was even confusion when the crazy talking heads on the channel, oh yeah, that must be what everyone thinks. But today with Fox, with OA, what is it, OAN or Newsmax or whatever they are, there is some confusion that the editorial department, the ownership, the journal side, the journalistic side, that they're all combined and that everything reflects the opinion of everybody. Well, I think Fox absolutely dissuaded you of that when they got rid of Tucker Carlson, didn't they? Players are now using this to speak up. Keep in mind, very importantly, I am not in favor of Ron DeSantis. I'm embarrassed that Ron DeSantis is a yelly. I'm embarrassed that Ron DeSantis and what he has done to Florida, I don't agree with it. What I do agree with is the people voted him into office, therefore he is the governor. What the players are doing is they're saying, let's be very clear. When DeSantis comes out and does what he's done with education, which is a damn disgrace. When he says that black people benefited from slavery, he's, he's, there's a problem. It's a racist problem. But there is not one person who believes that the DeVos family through the magic giving to DeSantis means that the black players on the team now have that view or are co-signing to that view. That is not the case. And if you do think that way, that's your problem and you should change. All this became public recently in filings because it is public. And the magic compounded the problem when their director of communications gave a quote about the donation and said, this donation was given as a Florida business in support of a Florida governor for the continued prosperity of Central Florida. 
I can't even comment. It's not going to make my top three of bad statements this year. It's just embarrassing. There's no way that any good director of communications uh, would want to do a statement like that. He was told to do a statement by that like that. It makes absolutely no sense. It makes you look as though you're trying to cover something up when you try to explain it like that. Businesses do make donations to both sides of the aisle. That's very smart. If you go look at big business, they're donating to the Ds, they're donating to the Rs, and they're doing it to make sure that whoever wins, they were supporting. Totally normal, which is why I think campaign finance reform is necessary. If this were true, I want to see all the magic donations to people who don't agree with Ron DeSantis. Because in any sort of race, whether it's presidential, local, give to both sides. Unless, of course, you only believe in one, want to give to one, that's your right too. But it certainly is not reflective of employees or of anybody. It shouldn't be, but I guess in Florida it is. All right, we're going to take a break. We come back, we're going to review a show that I'm definitely going to ask you to watch. And then we're going to answer one of your questions about a story that in baseball that is not going away anytime soon. We'll be right back. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. Thank you for being a part of our week. We are back every day, 8 a.m. Go to davidsampsonpodcast.com. That's davidsampsonpodcast.com. We have a website. It has our videos. It has connections to all of our socials. There's a merch store. Order. We had a first three days of ordering that humbled both me and Coca. Thank you very much for everything that you are buying and wearing. We appreciate it. We are going through new designs every day, getting ready to release things over the coming weeks that are new and fun and exciting. But go now, davidsampsonpodcast.com. I finished watching a series while I was away. I can't tell where I stand when it comes to series that are released one week at a time versus ones that I can binge. I think I'd rather binge. Though, when I binge, I'm more apt to forget things that went on during the course of the series. Apple TV Plus has something called The Crowded Room. It stars Amanda Seyfried and Tom Holland, the Spider-Man Tom Holland, who plays somebody who is mentally ill, who commits a crime, and the story is about a trial that takes place where Tom Holland is pleading not guilty by reason of insanity. And the question is, is he insane? And what does he suffer from? This is the same series where Tom Holland came out after and said, I'm so exhausted, I may need to take a year off. Tom Holland's performance is unique. There are plenty of people who have played different characters as the same actor within a movie. Eddie Murphy would come to mind right off the top of my head. This was different. The characters Tom Holland had to play were characters, spoiler alert, 
Can I spoil this, Coca? Spoiler alert. Characters that were inside his head. When you watch the first episode, it's based on inside the minds of Danny Mulligan. I don't think his name was Danny Mulligan. It was some guy named Mulligan. The Crowded Room is based on a real life case, loosely. The Crowded Room is fictional. The Crowded Room will let you and your family discuss mental health issues. It will let you and your family discuss our criminal justice system. It will let you and your family discuss how amazing it is that actors can do what Tom Holland did. And then once you're done with the series, you can discuss whether or not justice was served and what it means. Then you can go look up the real story that it's based on and learn what really happened. And then you can learn whether or not not guilty by reason of insanity is a thing. Because I have very strong views. There are people who say anyone who commits murder is insane. You can't commit a violent crime and not be crazy. Is it just that someone can cop a plea of insanity and then not go to prison, but instead go get help at a mental health facility and then be released once they are cured, so to speak. Our criminal justice system allows for that, but it is very, very rare. And I took great comfort after watching The Crowded Room, knowing that people who plead not guilty by reason of insanity are a tiny fraction of those people in the criminal justice system. And people who are successful in convincing the jury that they are insane is even a smaller percentage of that tiny percentage. So we are talking about the exception, not the rule. That makes me feel comfortable. And this is not me downplaying mental illness. It's like me telling you that I don't care that Roseanne Barr took Ambien. If you are gonna spew comments that are whatever she spewed, homophobic, racist, misogynist, anti-Semitic, whatever they were, Ambien just makes you heightened of what you already are. Okay, we have a new way to play music. Go ahead, Coca. You know what I want? <laughs> I want to talk to Samson. So you want to talk to Samson. This is a segment that we do where you get to me either on an Apple review or on Twitter or Instagram, ask a question, and if it makes sense, we want to put it in the show, we're going to put it in the show. Well, it turns out there are people who don't have Twitter and Instagram, lots of you, and that's great. You have a new way to ask me questions. You can go to davidsampsonpodcast.com and you can go under the contact toggle and we will see your questions. This one came from the website, our first website question. Of course, so you wanna to talk to Samson for the, what was it? 2.4% new people yesterday, thank you. There's a movie called Coca. This is a moment right now, I'm having it live. My palms are totally sweaty. What is the, uh, <laughs> what is the movie that it's based on? What is going on with me right now? Oh my God, Half-Baked. I'm gonna need to take one minute because we cannot possibly have in the show that I could not remember Half-Baked. So just get rid of that. Okay, two. 869. From the movie Half-Baked, there's a character named Samson. And in that movie, everyone wants to talk to Samson. Well, guess what? You can talk to me. 
David Sampson, thank you for the website. So here's a, a hint. When you're doing questions, even through the website, just David. You don't have to do Mr. Sampson. But hey, David, how you doing? Or hello, David. Make sure you spell the name right. David Sampson, thank you for the website so I can ask a so you want to talk to Sampson. Can you explain what happened between the Dodgers and the Tigers? Have you ever had a player say no to a trade? Well, thank you for asking. Coca, I won this battle. Coca and I go through every topic we're gonna go over. We do it the night before, we do it the morning of. He didn't love this topic, I loved it. Eduardo Rodriguez, the pitcher for the Tigers who turned down the trade for the Dodgers. He could have opted out of his contract after the season, become a free agent as a lefty, as a performing lefty, done a playoff run with the Dodgers and made himself a ton of money. Guess what? Not happening. The Tigers and Dodgers had a trade in place and Eduardo Rodriguez invoked his no trade clause and the trade did not happen. And people, including Ken Rosenthal in a great article on The Athletic that you should read, have given you more context to what happened. Except you could have just listened to nothing personal. Well, you should also subscribe to The Athletic, but you could have listened to nothing personal where I told you no trade clauses are used as a sword to extract something from either the team that's trading you or the team that's trading for you. But not in this case. Eduardo Rodriguez wanted to stay close to Detroit wanted to stay close to the east side, wanted to take care of family issues. Now, he did take time off last year. Family issues, marital issues. We could talk long and hard whether I agree with that. We all have issues. Got to go to work. I don't mean actual mental health issues. When you have that, I'm good. Mental health issues, physical issues, get put on the injured list. But marital problems, wanting to not be away from your kids. None of us want to travel. It's the choice we make. You can choose money, power, fame, or you can choose a nine to five job if you want, where you don't ever have to miss dinner with your family. No one's forcing you to be a professional baseball player. But there was more to this story and it's finally out. The agent for Eduardo Rodriguez released a statement unheard of with all the money, glamour, and fame that comes with being a professional athlete, there is also a very difficult personal side. Many players' wives and their children suffer a lot of instability in their lives, especially when their spouses get traded. Eduardo is one of the best left-handed starting pitchers in baseball, but he is also a human being who wants stability for his family. They are comfortable living in the Detroit area and have adjusted well. Excuse me. Horse hockey. How come you ask for more money from the Dodgers? When the Dodgers asked you to opt into the rest of your contract and you said, okay, but add another year on. Was the family gonna stay in Detroit or are we gonna move them to LA but you wanted an extra year so that there'd be stability in the LA area? Am I impugning the veracity of what you put in that statement? You're goddamn right I am. Because you are making light of what could be real mental health issues when you're hiding the fact that it was financial the whole damn time.
Unfortunately, the agent said we ran out of time. Ran out of time for what? You shouldn't have put that sentence into your statement, sir, because you gave it all away. What's there to run out of time for? You weren't able to reach the wife to figure out that they wanted stability and liked living in the Detroit area? It never occurred to you before the deadline? Wrong. You ran out of time negotiating what extra you wanted in order to waive your no trade clause to the Dodgers. The reason why agents have players put good teams with high payrolls on their no trade clauses is so you can get something from them because they're gonna be buyers at the deadline. They're gonna be buyers for your services either during a season or after a season. That's why people want no trade clauses. Oh, because we're so happy in Detroit. I'm good with Detroit. I'm great with Kalamazoo. But don't you dare hide behind the fact that how hard it is to be a professional athlete and how hard it is to travel and be away from your wife and kids. Oh, give me an extra 20 million. If he's the best left-handed pitcher in baseball, here's what I'd like to have happen after the season. Eduardo and your agent, Gene, opt into your deal. They like, they like Detroit. Are you gonna opt out so you can get more money in more years? I think we're gonna have to wait to see. But if you are so stable and life is so hard, then obviously you're not gonna use your opt out as a way to get more money or more years, for sure not. Thank you for asking that question. I didn't think I'd get that worked up, but I am Coke. I told you I was. Have I ever had a player say no to a trade? Yeah, because they wanted to get paid. Charles Johnson, I love you, Charles. You're my neighbor. You wouldn't get traded to the Rockies unless we gave you a million bucks. All right, here's a million bucks. Take it. Nothing personal pick of the day. Shohei Otani hit his 40th home run, got taken out after four innings with a hand cramp. What in the name of God is a hand cramp? Oh, my hand hurts. Does that ever happen when your foot gets a cramp and your, your toes are stuck together and they're like, ugh. And still the Angels could have won, except they gave up a grand slam. We're now 105 and 107, and that does not make me happy. Otani in his first game back, he was a pitcher, then he got converted to be a DH. Don't forget that rule change that allowed a pitcher to no longer pitch and then be able to hit. It's the Otani rule. He's going to lead the league in home runs, isn't he, Coca? Is he currently leading? I assume 40. How many? I don't know if Alonzo has more. Coca, you didn't, we didn't even talk about the fact that Alonzo was on the trading block and they just couldn't find a match. Now, that would have pissed me off as a Mets fan. I think Otani, for whatever reason, is leading Major League Baseball in home runs. But we lost the game. The Angels, since the deadline, they are in a position where they added at the deadline, they didn't trade Otani. And let's just give you a little update on a Friday, how they're doing. They are currently seven and a half games back in fourth place in their division. They're not winning their division, but don't worry, they can win the wild card. They're four games back and they only have to jump over four teams. The Angels are the Angels. All right, for the weekend. 
tonight we've got Astros and Yankees. Yankees pulled out a win. Stanton's getting hot. He's hitting home runs. But we are taking the Astros over the Yankees because the pitcher who's given up 769 runs in his past three starts, which is, of course, a record, Luis Severino is going for the Yankees. The Astros are going to tee off on Severino. Astros over Yankees. Saturday, we've got a game. Big series, Padres-Dodgers. This was supposed to be the series, as you may recall, as we got into post-deadline. They were supposed to be fighting for the division. The Padres were supposed to be the team to finally unseat the Dodgers. Right now, you've got the Padres behind the Diamondbacks, behind the Giants, and behind the Dodgers. Nine games back of the Dodgers. You've got Blake Snell going for the Padres. Blake Snell, who has quietly been maybe the best pitcher in baseball for the past month or two. You know where I am on the Padres. I couldn't be happier that their season is up in flames. But that said, they've done something the Mets didn't do. They didn't sell at the deadline, and now they're starting to play better. And when you're below 500, the only goal you have is get to 500, and then we'll run from there. The Padres are only one game under 500, and they're about to play their 110th game. Saturday, we're going to take Snell and the Padres over the Dodgers. Don't forget to wake up Sunday morning at 5 a.m. The U.S. women's national team is in the knockout stage, the round of 16. They're playing Sweden. We ought to give, and you should be giving, the same attention to the women as you give to the men. When you're willing to wake up and watch games at all crazy times, go to a bar, enjoy yourself. It's 5 a.m. There will be places that are open or stay at home, stay in bed, but watch the game. The U.S. women and the whole Carly Lloyd controversy, the fact is they've been playing not nearly up to their abilities, but we're still taking them. They are plus 115. Now, this is an important bet that you do it this way. In order to get the plus 115, they've got to win in regular time. So you're not betting them to advance, you're betting them to win in regular time. That is the U.S. women's national team plus 115 over Sweden. Sunday morning, 5 a.m. Eastern or 2 a.m. if you're on the West Coast. Or it's actually Saturday night if you're in Hawaii. How great would that be? It's 11 p.m. Saturday night for those are, we have a, 0.8% in Hawaii. That's Saturday night. Thank you for a great week. We are happy to be back. We will be back Monday. Make sure you go to davidsampsonpodcast.com and check out the website and all the clips and all the things that we are doing. And I promise, come 8 a.m. Monday morning, guess what? We'll be right here. It's just business. This is nothing personal. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.